you fired it first shot! Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Welcome to the Superbook Sports Podcast. 180! Hosted by career Las Vegas odds makers Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Featuring comedian Brant Tobler. The best way to ignore the noise is to be the noise. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Mahomes has to get rid of the ball. Finds Kelsey. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. You've waited all week, and kickoff is here. Here we go! Let's jump behind the counter at the Superbook with Jay Cornegay and John Murray to grab the edge that you need ahead of this weekend's NFL action. That's what makes the NFL the NFL. You don't know any given Sunday. Here's your MC, Brant Tobler. And we are back. It is time for another episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast. The line starts here. I am your host, Brant Tobler. And as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, John Murray, and we have a special sit-in again this week. It is our good friend, Rex Byers. Rex, John, how are you guys? Good, good. good. So you, you don't, Brent, you don't consider Rex a good buddy? Because you said good buddy, John Murray. Well, <laughs> well there's friend John's. Friend of the podcast <laughs> is my official title. I'm friend of the friend podcast. Of the podcast. Um, you know what? I've, I've got to drink beers. I've, I've drank beers Plenty with hairs. you. I haven't. I haven't got to drink beers with Rex yet. That's when it becomes official. So, speaking of that, you know, Jay Jay is here right now. He just refused to do the show because he's mad that you didn't stop by and drink a beer with us when you're in town. Jay's just right around the corner, but he, he's refusing to get on air with you. Ah, oh, he's yeah. such a he's such a diva. Uh, he's, he's, he's pissed, man. He's better at you. That's all right. I'd rather talk to Rex today, anyway. Actually, uh, you know what's funny is I was worried. Jay's. You, we should give a. Did you guys survive the Super Bowl? Did Jay get fired, or he's he's too busy for us today? Uh, we we survived is the right word. You know, we we talked about it a little off air, but at the at the book in Nevada, we had all this liability on the Rams, and we had these these big casino players taking the Bengals and the points, and I thought our guys Rex and the team did a good job trying to to get rid of some of that liability. I mean we. We were dealing a very fair price on the Rams. I mean, at one point we had Rams minus four, minus 101, and we dealt a high money line on the Bengals, trying to write some Bengals money line, and we just we just couldn't get rid of all that liability, and we just we knew we just didn't want to see the Rams win by one, two, or three, and of course that's exactly what we got. So it was a little painful in Nevada. So John, overall, was was the side too much to overcome, or with the props and futures and all that, did the day still work well, out okay? Well, the futures on the Rams were really bad, and, and that, that, that was frustrating because we were in such a good position. I don't know how Rex will feel about this answer, but I thought the best teams in the NFL were Green Bay, Buffalo, and Kansas City in that order. And we had a, we had a great position on all three of those teams and, and a great position on the Bucks too, and we can't get any of them in the Super Bowl. We ended up getting buried to the Rams of all teams. So, uh, no, overall, just between the futures and, and all those big bets we took on the Bengals, it was a disappointing day. No, yeah. I'll say one thing about the Rams. A lot of the Ram money that we got came like almost a full year ago, and you know they can, yeah. these people can be right, and they're speculating on what Stafford did or whatever, and they took good prices on them after the acquisition. But generally, more times than not, as soon as you react to something that happens and you 
you know, especially you're trying to handicap something a whole year down the road. I mean, that's that goes to the kind of bets we want to write. You know, the, the result didn't go up well for us in the end, but ultimately, you know, we can always go to our superiors and say, listen, these are bets that we want to be able to write. And these same people are going to come back to the window or have already been back to the window and put some back into play for next year. So like, those are the bets you ultimately want to write. You don't mind paying those out every once in a while just because it keeps it coming back to do it again. Yeah. Now, Rex, I know you guys work so hard on the props. Were there any props that you guys really crushed on or any props that, like, you guys took a big hit on? John's seen the figures more than I have about the each individual ones. I mean, I, we, we sit there and we go through well, as the game goes on and we're grading them, and I know some are good, some are bad, but I think he could probably answer that better than me. I mean, I know off the top of my head a couple of them we did good, a couple we did bad, but I, as far as the numbers, John's way better at answering that, that than I would be. We uh, you put a lot of pressure on me, Rex. Uh, you know, we it wasn't uh, it wasn't good for us. Cup, I remember cup touchdown was bad. We had like a we had a moment of terror when Cup threw the ball and Stafford was out there. It's a good thing Cup isn't a quarterback because we were we would have got crushed on a Stafford reception. I know that one was bad. I think the uh, the kickoff returns was bad for us, wasn't it, Rex? Didn't that wasn't well, that, that was one the worst one, really, one because we, that we've was, been that zigging when really they bad. zag yeah. every year. It's yeah, we were always wrong. Ball right. We get that one wrong every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got it wrong for five straight, and I started with you guys the last two. We've all got it wrong then, too. So I'm, I should just leave the room when that prop comes up next year. No, I, I'd rather you be chained into the room <laughs> trying to talk <laughs> trying to talk Ed and Jeff off of a ledge back there, man. Uh, you, know what was, you know what was scary was if Aaron Donald had been the MVP, it would have been a much worse day for us. Yeah. And Aaron, and Aaron Donald had – I think a pretty good case to be the MVP. I don't have a problem with Cooper Cup getting it. I was hoping he would, but you could have definitely made a good case for Donald that, uh, to be the MVP. That would have been real bad. They, they make that vote at the two-minute warning or a little before that. Yeah. Otherwise, there might have been some people that changed their minds in the last two minutes of the game. Oh, I agree with that. Or whatever. I, yeah, it's and we we crazy. had a we had a tremendous liability on Vaughn Miller, and I know he wasn't ever in the consideration, but he did have two sacks in the game. So right. he came. Uh, he came a little closer than we would have liked. Uh, those, those are the ones that, that stand out to me the most. Oh, yeah, oh, I forgot one. Odell Beckham Jr. to score the first touchdown. There was a, a oh, slew of expletives, man. Ed Sammons was to my left, Brant, and just a barrage of expletives when Odell Beckham yeah, Jr. scored the opening a, touchdown. Right. The beeper yeah. person beep beep would have had a ball if he'd had to had to do anything to our office for the that, that eight or ten seconds. <laughs> That was really bad. We we that was not that that was a one that definitely stands out for me. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, speaking of that, when you say the Stafford thing would have killed you on the reception, I think the the biggest moment in the game was when Beckham got hurt, and I think that's usually Beckham's pass to throw, and I think he's a much better quarterback than Cooper Cup. That's probably a reception if he doesn't get hurt. Uh, John, do you guys? I felt like watching the game. The Rams were kind of in control, and I thought it was heading for a blowout before yeah. he got hurt. Well, that's exactly what we thought, and I know it's 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 kind of like uh, it's crying over the result. But I thought that if Beckham doesn't get hurt, it looked like it looked to me like the Rams are about to run away with the game. And then mm -hmm. Beckham gets hurt; they start double teaming Cup. The the Rams nobody's ever going to remember this because they won the Super Bowl. But Sean McVay's play calling was horrendous, basically the entire game. And then Stafford and Cup and Donald bailed him out at the end of the fourth quarter. But the, their their play calling I thought was awful. I, I think the Rams do do win that game fairly easily if Beckham doesn't get hurt. That that's that was what I took away from that game. Uh, obviously, the the touchdown that T. Higgins got at the beginning of the third quarter. I don't know what happened there. Maybe the the 
official took a bathroom break or something and didn't see that Jalen Ramsey <laughs> got thrown to the ground by his face mask. Uh, I mean, the Rams' defense was so dominant in that game. I, I think that they would have won by double digits. Yeah. You know, Rex, I was as watching the game, I've never seen a run like uh, the, the Rams' run was so bad. I, I assume you guys didn't think it would be that bad, and that had to help the props, right? Just their total lack of running game. Well, I mean, you have to understand where, I mean, it didn't really help us much in terms of acres. We started them, I think, 68 and a half, and it got down into the low 60s or high 50s at some point. So, and me, myself included, were bullish on acres doing well. I, I couldn't handicap the game more incorrectly when it comes to how the game flow would have went. I thought the Rams were going to control things up front, be able to run the ball against a, a box that wouldn't have had that many guys in it. And they were going to, you know, that, that was the way they're going to do it. And the problem is, is that the coach called it that way, and the Bengals still had another guy in the box. I saw one time they motioned. So it's clear that they could see what the formation the Bengals were in, and they still had eight in the box, and they still ran the ball. So, I mean, I put it on McVay a lot as a play caller, but Stafford's got to do better to get out of that too. I mean, he didn't give them much chance to succeed, but I was really surprised at how the Bengals – you know, I thought they called a great game. And, and let's be honest, the Bengals in the second half of all these playoff games were great on defense. I mean, their adjustments were better than everybody else's by a lot and until the very last drive of the game for the Rams. So you do tip your cat to the Rams for that last drive, and they did make some plays there, but I thought that – you know, they did things vastly better, and, and and like I say, it was one of those where you, you knew you were going to be in for a dogfight, and you knew the game could fall one, two, or three pretty much from the third quarter on. Yeah. You know, John, watching the game, I just really never got a feel for the game. How was the live betting market? Did you guys see a lot of action on that? Disappointing. Uh, I didn't I, – I, I can't remember a Super Bowl where we had that little interest in the live betting, and that surprised me a little bit because the game was fairly close throughout. I know the Rams got ahead – 13 to 3, missed the extra point or the, the bad a hold on the extra point, I should say. But I was surprised there wasn't more people firing on the end game, especially when the Bengals took the lead at the beginning of the third quarter. You generally get your in game betters chasing the favorite to come back. And we just didn't see much of that. It was a, it was a lightly bet in game for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. John, did you, did you guys have a lot of whales in the, in the room betting, or did you take the, some of the they bigger were, bets? Most of our big guys came in during the week, Thursday, Friday, put down their money, and then got out of there. I mean, there, there were some heavy hitters hanging around in the room watching the game, but for the most part, the guys get their bets in earlier, and they're not actually sitting in the sportsbook during the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was a good season. I, I think the Super Bowl is kind of lackluster, but uh, it was fun. Let's move on to next year. I want to start looking at these the, the futures for next year now. I see you guys have put up the – we talked about the early lines. Have you guys taken a lot of action on that, John, right out the gate? The Super Bowl futures? I, I, yeah. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, we always – we'll always take a bunch of bets on that. I mean, that's by far your most your most heavily bet futures market every year. And we've, we've already seen a ton of bets uh, on – I think every team in the league has been bet. Even the, even the commanders have had a couple of tickets on them. So <laughs> we, we, we've seen a few big ones. Uh, there was one – one that caught my eye the other day, a guy bet 4000 on uh, on Kansas City at 8-1. Uh, to one. That one caught my eye. And there's been some big bets on on the, on the uh, Buccaneers. A lot of speculation about who the Buccaneers are going to go for, go with at quarterback. I know there's been – Sean Watson's been linked to going there. I read a story today about the Buccaneers trying to make a move to get Russell Wilson. You know, And if that team can get a quarterback – they should be dangerous. And Rex, am I wrong about this? Didn't didn't we get hit on the Steelers at the Lodge Casino at the Superbook in Colorado? They bet the Steelers, right? 
I, I may not have been there that day. I don't recall that. I, but, oh, well, no, I take ne- that back. They do because you were giving into the business about it. We got a kid yeah, that works for us who's a blind Steelers fan. It's very sad, but he, uh, we, were, we were giving him a hard time. I, I want to say they bet a, they bet a thousand bucks at a hundred to one on the Steelers. That sounds right. I think that's right. We're eight, we're eighty on the Steelers now. That's so that sounds right. I feel like that's so a that, adjustment. Just based there's on the a Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think people need to remember Aaron Rodgers can only play for one team next year. But <laughs> I, I know that uh, there's been some talk of Rodgers being linked there, and then obviously there's people linking him to the Denver Broncos and his old offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, so that's why. That's why you we're dealing with the Broncos a little lower than maybe they should be. We got uh, right. Brant's Broncos at twenty-five to one. I think. Brant makes you feel better. It. I think they should be a lot lower than that. So I, I, yeah. I was talking for Denver being closer to twelve to fifteen. They go, "Dude, you already signed his contract for him." Or I was like, "Well, <laughs> I, I think he's going to be there. I, I think it's a done deal." But clearly, it's no such thing. I mean, you can't just automatically assume that someone's going to go somewhere and not play for somebody else. Although, mm-hmm. like I said, our Packer price is ten, and I would be closer to like thirty or forty. So I, I'm almost convinced he won't be back there. But you know, yeah. we'll see. I would. I was just going to ask you, Rex. Is there anything that sticks out to you on these early lines that you you like? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the Denver would would for me just trying to take a shot and hope that Rogers would play there. Basically, anybody else besides Drew Locke. Like I would even take a healthy Bridgewater and have him give him at least a chance to compete in that division with the talent they have at other spots. I know some people that I respect, like like the Chargers at eighteen or higher. Uh, I certainly think there's some talent there, but you know they got to have another good draft. Um, and, and we have the Bills as a favorite right now at seven to one, and that's probably because we think that they're the best team. I mean, and coming back, it's you know whether that, whether they're going to be the best team at the end, it's tough to know. But I mean, we said said the room, we kind of agree that the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Rams are all just a little bit better on paper as long as they keep their what, what their core is together going into next year than everybody else. And then after that, it's Dallas, Green Bay, and Frisco all at ten. And so, you know, I, I think the Niners are too low. I, I don't like their team. I, I'm, I know that they have a lot of good players around except for the quarterback, and I don't see that changing next year. So I think 10 too low for them. Um, so it's tough to say. I mean, like I said, there'd be, it's one of those things where if I could bet the no on the Niners at like, you know, 1 to 20 and I had infinite money to spend, I would just bet it and then wait to get paid in a year. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you, you guys are right. I mean, a lot of – there's still – these futures are tough now. We still have the draft. We still have a lot of free agency. Now, the draft's coming up. I guess that's our next big football thing, and that's the end of April. And they're actually doing it in Vegas this year. Is that something you guys, John, will be able to offer? We guys have props up on the, the NFL draft? Yeah, we, we, we do the NFL draft props. Rex, you want to take the lead on that in 2022? You're more than welcome I, I, to do I it. Will take, I, will, I will let Ed take the lead, and I will <laughs> fall as far back behind him as I can. I'll, I'll tell you a story, Brand. I, I worked offshore for several years, and we were able to deal these things before they got legalized here. And I w- worked at a company that we dealt them in 2008, and, and we lost, and I was the one that took the lead. 2009, we, we, we had a props department that was new. I helped them out. We lost. 2010, we had a props department that I let do by themselves without any help from me at all, and we lost. 2011, I told my boss, listen, let the marketing people take the hit for this. I don't want to deal it. If we do, don't blame it on me. Don't cut it against our percentage. Don't worry. So you have to do it. Guess what? I dealt it. The marketing people or the, the props people helped me, and we lost again. So I, I'm just <laughs> telling you, like I told Sherman this one time way before I started here. I was like, Jeff, you know, you guys are going to have the draft props this year. I wish you luck with them, but you're probably going to lose. And, of course, Vegas wins the first year. He tells me. I said, Jeff, it's an aberration. I promise you next year won't be so good, most likely. He comes back the next year. He said, you're right. We got killed. And I was like, that's just yeah, the way it got, is. These draft props are very, very tough. The, the information. We got yeah. killed the second year, Rex. It was Ed and yeah. myself worked on them. And we, and I'll say it again. I know I'm crying about it, but 
we didn't believe that an NFL team would be dumb enough to take a running back with a second overall pick. And we saw we saw all the reports that they were going to do it, and we were like, no, I don't no believe way. it. No, no team is that stupid. And then on draft night, they took Barkley. Really? Now, we were right that they shouldn't have done that, but we still had to pay all those people for their bets. And I know we, we got – we have a friend that, that, that works at another sports book across town, and last year he, him and his team decided to put up this huge menu of props, like, way out in advance. And we told him, like, that is a really bad idea. Like, you, you don't – we told him that is a bad idea. You don't want – the worst thing to do is put it out too early because nobody knows what's going to happen a month from the draft. I mean, we'll, we'll put up a menu of props the Monday before the draft. I think it starts on a Thursday – We'll put something out on Monday. I don't like our chances. Is that yeah, is that too no, negative, Rex? Even that late. No, no I think that late we actually have a chance. But I'm talking about if you're talking about a month or a couple weeks or anytime there's information no that could get out. I don't care how many people you have on your team. You're not going to beat you're not going to beat everybody. The information there's thousands no. of people that can bet you, and you have yeah. you know 15 people at the most monitoring this stuff at all times. You, you and just they're don't monitoring have any chance, they're monitoring other sports too. That's the problem. So if Correct. you've got if you've got we got our team working in the back room. Maybe there's three or four people back there. Well, they're monitoring the baseball playoff, the baseball games, the NBA playoffs, the hockey playoffs. And if there's some guy just scouring Twitter and he's only looking for draft information, he is going to beat you to that information. I can tell you that right now. So it's, it's tough. It is a tough market to win in. We even, Ed and I even one year decided to do head-to-head props of guys that were so far down the draft board that neither <laughs> of us had ever heard of them. So that uh-huh. like we could so we could say we offer draft props but not actually write any bets on them, <laughs> and uh, people found the information they bet it and they beat us. Uh, so yeah. uh-huh. that uh, I can give the betters a lot of credit. They do they do a fantastic job of well, getting I'm, to that I'm, information. They really do. Yeah, I'm, I remember Jay saying it was his least favorite, and that was kind of the hardest one to to book from everything you said. Um, the one I'm actually more interested in because I just miss football so much already, John. When when will like the team totals for next year come out? And I know you guys even put up week one lines, which is crazy. But that's how much I miss football. I'd love to just get some football action down even this early. You know, Brant, there's a big world out there, man. You know, you can watch, <laughs> you take your girlfriend for a hike or something. NFL week one. What are you insane? Uh, no, we'll 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 put out week one right after the schedule comes out. So as they do that schedule release, we've got a group ch- a group chat. We talk about our week one sides and totals. We get them up that night. We'll get the rest of the season up shortly after that. Generally speaking, we do the win totals and the playoff yes-nos sometime after the draft. I, I'll call it, let's call it early to mid-May. But we haven't, we haven't actually nailed down a date for that yet. This episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped's new ultra-premium collection is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man. We're talking premium deodorant, hydrating moisturizer, body wash, shampoo and conditioner, and even a free gift. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code 20SUPERBOOK. Support the Superbook Sports Podcast and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. With the promo code 20 Superbook. Well, you know what? It's football's over, so I'm done with football. Let's move on to what else is going on because it's it is now basketball time. I've been watching a lot of college basketball. Rex, uh, now that the focus is to, to basketball, are you gonna like? Do you see more college basketball action or NBA or, or is this is March 
truly March Madness for you guys with the college basketball? No, the basketball picks up. I've seen it already this week so far. I mean, last night we had pretty steady right on, on most of the games. And then Wednesdays and Thursdays are always busy. They, they, they take a backseat to Saturdays, but still, those three days when you're a bookmaker, this time of year you're counting on how many ever hands and fingers you've got less until you can get to, to the conference tournaments. I know the first set of conference tournaments start in like 10 days, so I've already got a countdown to that. And then after that it gets pretty hot and heavy the first week of March. And then, of course, at that point you start eliminating teams. You know, we're booking all 358 Division One teams – on a nightly basis uh, with the extra games and the regular board. So, you know, it's, it's hasslesome, it's tiresome, it's, it's, it's frenetic, and there's always stuff happening. You know, sometimes, you know, they, they, they beat you to a number and you got to get lucky and win the bet. Sometimes, you know, you, you can get information to put up a number and trap some people to bet stuff that ends up getting shoved in their face. So, you know, the cat and mouse continues, and it'll certainly, with the All-Star break coming this weekend, it'll certainly pick up after – that as well. But college has a stage here for the next few days, and I expect a pretty good amount of volume. But it will certainly pale into comparison to what we get once the, the conference tournaments start and the big tournament itself starts in the middle of March. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking at over everything. It looks like it's pretty much college basketball world here for a while. John, I see we have the Masters coming up. Are Is is this something – is it too early to get Masters action? Or are, are you guys oh, dealing no. a lot of Masters stuff this far out? You know, we – the Masters as a betting event has – has exploded in the last few years. I mean, it's that that's one of our busier weekends in terms of what we write outside of football season, of course. But no, we, we've already taken a ton of bets on the Masters. We even had a guy, uh, what did he bang us on on Tiger, Rex? It was like, didn't he bet a thousand bucks on Tiger to win the Masters? That, I mean, that, right. that was one of the yeah. greatest, that, that's one of the greatest bets I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I love Tiger Woods. I would love to see Tiger Woods come back and win the Masters and stick it to us. Uh, yeah, he bet $1,046 at 101. Wow, he bet that on November 24th. Yeah. That is an awesome bet. We've, we've, we've built up a little bit of liability on Jordan Spieth, on Bryson DeChambeau, on Colin Morikawa. But the reason the Masters betting has taken off so much is you've got more great young golfers right now than at any time in history. There's just so many stud golfers I, I can't wait for the Masters, man. Masters Sunday, that's – I think that's the best sports day on the calendar. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Rex, as far as like in the golf world, is there a lot of sharps out there betting? or is, Do you you guys have – is there a lot of respected bettors that come up or is it more just like guys that are golfing across the street at the country club that come over and make bets on, on who their favorite <laughs> golfer is? But most of the sharp guys in the golf are focused on the matchups and the head-to-head matchups are offered differently at different places. I know some of our friends downtown – and as well as, you know, a lot of times Sherman himself will put up matchups that are not available on the Don Best screen so other people can't just compare prices and bet numbers where we're off or where we're different. They try to give you a matchup to make you either bet on or against a golfer. And a lot of the wise guys like to do that. They will bet matchups where they really are pro golfer or anti another golfer and bet against that guy over the course of a four-round tournament more so than they do in the win pool. They'll, they'll bet guys to win, but they do it for pizza money and not, not, not any of their serious bankroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll close out, like, well, not close out, but then summer will be here. John, you guys, the NBA and, and NHL, they run very similar times. Is, is the NHL still kind of like the little brother to the NBA, or, or will you be taking a lot of action on both those at the same time? Well, well it'll depend a lot on the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, if the Golden Knights make a deep playoff run, like obviously in 20, was it 2018, they went to the Stanley Cup final, they lost to the Capitals. We were doing tons of volume on those games every night. If the Knights don't make a deep run, I don't think we'll, it won't, it'll pale in comparison to the NBA. Like, to be honest, last year, 
Tampa Bay, Montreal, and the Stanley Cup final. We had very, very little interest at the betting window. So it's it's very matchup dependent. I would also say that Bucks Suns, we didn't have a ton of interest at the betting window. Correct. Rex, maybe. I mean, it, it really yeah, no, it depends 100%. a lot on. It's not like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl can be any two teams, and you're going to have tons of that interest. It's very matchup dependent, and I don't see the Lakers making a deep run this season. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Lakers aren't going to be there at the <laughs> end. So I don't know. I don't know that Phoenix playing against one of the Eastern teams is going to move the needle that much. But man, back when we used to have those. LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers teams against the Warriors. Though mm-hmm. we we did unbelievable volume on those games. And I remember when I first got out here, you had those Lakers, Kobe, Gasol teams, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom, that team. Huge, huge volume. They played the Celtics in the finals those two years. It, it really depends on who's playing. I know yeah. it's a, not the answer you're looking for, Brent, but that's the truth. No, no. The, well, that leads me to my next question. Out. Well, well, go so ahead, one caveat I want to add to that first brain is that is that you know you got to understand like and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but I've called this like every step of the way about baseball having its troubles and if they really want to you know do things the right way and the players are going to get their way, they're going to have to sit this one out and they need the owners to really have at least a little bit of a manscaped. And if if there's no baseball for whatever reason as we go into the summer, April, May, June, I do think that some people are looking for some sort of action. Will probably give you bets on that basketball and hockey that you normally wouldn't see if there was baseball. That's the only That's caveat good. that I'd add to that. Good point. An ear trimmer, travel bag, and anti-chafe boxer briefs. Get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. Support the SUPERBOOK Sports Podcast and get 20% off site-wide, plus free shipping You guys have a feeling? Is there someone you guys think is going to come out of this, or are you guys as confused as I am? There's a feeling, all right? You could ask John about the feeling. One of them is what Ed thinks, and the other one is what Jeff thinks. And then they, they just kind of have to – you just have to sit there and uh, let, let them go back and forth all day or just well, to- tune them out, one or the other. I know currently well, we're doing I the know. net six to one. Go ahead. Ed is, Ed's picked Philadelphia to win the NBA championship, uh, I think. What, 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 year, years. what year were the Philadelphia 76ers founded? the process founded? started? No, no. Do you know what year the Sixers the were founded? We might have to go yeah. Philadelphia yeah. Warriors. So, yeah, the, Ed, Ed likes the Sixers every season, of course. Uh, I, he actually twisted my arm. I, I bet the Sixers to win it all to give myself a little action. So, but no, it, it'll depend depend on uh, who plays who in the, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like the Nets could be potentially coming out of the playing games, and they yeah. could be playing one of the high seeded teams in the first round. Yet, that could really shake up. We, well, because they because they because the they'll, they'll be favored yeah, against a, anybody, right? They'll be favored right. against if they're healthy. The if Durant. Yeah, right. They they'll be favored against Miami or Chicago, even even though those teams right. will have home court because their power rate is so much higher. Assuming their key guys are healthy, obviously, right. But if they are, they'll be favored. The yeah. one thing that's different about the NBA this year is you can almost count on any of these matchups in the past. The one eight two seven whatever. When you got a like a one of those big favorites was always like laying a price they could never lose. Whereas in hockey, the one eight two seven in each side, like the favorite would be like three sixty. Or like three twenty yeah. or two two eighty. I mean, it's something where because the eight can win in hockey and basketball, the eight used to not be able to win. Well, it's different. The, the philosophies these teams are taking now with with game management, load management. See how it worked for Kawhi Leonard when he won his championship at Toronto. What resting a lot. Like these teams are realizing you don't have to play your guys every game to try to play for home court. Home court in the end is not that important. Uh, well, we yeah, saw that last year though. The Lakers. Yep. The Lakers were the seventh seed. They were favored against Phoenix in that first round. And they actually got ahead two to one, and they were a huge favorite on the adjusted series price. Anthony Davis gets hurt in Game Four. Phoenix ends up in the NBA Finals. But don't forget about that. You can Rex is absolutely right. 
you can get some first-round matchups now where the team that's been waiting for the playoffs is a lower seed, but they're expected to win. That'll probably be the case with Brooklyn when we do get into April. And that used to never happen in the NBA. This is a recent phenomenon the last three three or four years. For sure. Yeah, I think think you guys are going to get a lot of action because I think it's going to be a day-to-day thing. I think the favorite might change daily on who wins a a road game or whatnot. Well, all righty, boys. We'll uh, wrap it up on this. I know we'll be back. I think we're going to do some March Madness stuff, some Masters. We'll be back for the draft and the playoffs. So, um, as always, Rex, thanks for stepping in. My good friend, Rex, thanks for coming in <laughs> yeah. and dealing. With, I don't know how you deal with John every day, but uh, <laughs> I love easy, it. man. It's not easy. No, you, you guys Three are the days best. a week. Three days a week, my yeah. staff has to deal with my nonsense, man. It's tough. The problem no, is I work the same days he does usually. They got a schedule where <laughs> I usually work the, the Wednesday through Sunday, so I get involved five days. I, I think oh, it's yeah. by design, so he can come oh, in and kind of give me the business and know that I'm up to speed on everything. <laughs> So three days for the people that work the regular shifts and uh, five for me, which no, it's okay. I actually asked for it's part of my job. When I was getting hired, I go only if I get all five days a week with you in the same vacation day, so we don't ever miss each other. Rex is very perceptive, perceptive guy. I love it. Well, I'm glad you guys made it through another Super Bowl. I know that was a long week for you. Sounds like you guys survived it. Uh, Give Jay my best. Uh, We will. uh, I'll talk to you guys in a week or two. And thanks, thanks for stepping in, Rex, as always. And John, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Pleasure. All right, Brent. Thanks, buddy. All right, that'll do it for this week. Um, we're going to go on a little break here. We'll be back uh, for March Madness stuff. So obviously subscribe, rate, leave comments. Uh, the podcast will show up in your feed when we're back. We're going we're to be back. There's just not much going on right now uh, as far as you know day-to-day betting. So we're going to be back for the tournament, and then we'll do Masters, the draft, the, all the playoffs. So we'll be back soon. It'll be football before you know it. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys crushed the Super Bowl. Hope you guys won a ton of money. As always, if you're out in Vegas, come to the Superbook and hang out, watch the games. Or if you're out in Colorado, come to the Lodge Casino. Uh, we'll always have all the games on. And if, if it's not on, go up to the ticket counter and we'll put it on for you. we got plenty of TVs. And uh, you can follow us at Superbook Sports or go to Superbook.com. And that will do it for another football season. I can't believe we got through this football season. Uh, I had so much fun doing this. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, now we're on to basketball. So we'll be back in a week or two with March Madness stuff. And uh, so crush it until then. Get all the money. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. You've been locked into the Superbook Sports Podcast. You get a win. You get a win. Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Brant Tobler. I need some more of that. Come on. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the world of the NFL. Hey, you thought you was going to get me, huh? Hell no. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.